Hey guys, welcome back to Histopoly. I know it's been a minute, um, but you know what? We're just going to jump right back into it. And today I think we got something kind of interesting, kind of kind of getting more relevant once again. It, it's been a while, but uh, it's kind of coming back. And that's kind of this topic of Cuba and how they're relating to the United States over the past, I guess, half a century over that now at this point. Um but yeah, I mean, this, this is an interesting topic, and I think it's been talked about a lot, but I think there's still a lot to go over, especially regarding the new developments that have been going on uh, in the Caribbean today. So just jumping right into it, just as a little recap, I mean, we all know um, Cuba was this main focal point in the Americas of communism throughout the Cold War and into the present day. I mean, there's only four current communist countries, and Cuba occupies one of those four slots and probably one of the more famous ones. Um, I mean, obviously China and North Korea are, are also very high prominent referred to as communist countries, despite the fact that it's argued a lot if they are communist or not. Um, but Cuba for sure, I feel like is a pretty widely known communist country, uh, probably growing up. If you're a little bit older, they were a hot topic during the cold war. Uh, it's going to be something that is frequently spoken about as kind of this swayer, of influence. Um, and by that, I mean, America's were dominated influence wise, both politically and economically by the United States, basically since the early 1800s, you could argue maybe before that, um, the Americas were according to the Monroe doctrine and, and doctrines after that published by various presidents, kind of United States kind of saw the Americas as furtherings of their own states. Um, and, and as time progresses, the United States gets more and more power. They exert that influence more and more. Uh, if you just do a little bit of study into Latin American Caribbean studies, you're going to see the United States is probably in every other chapter, if not every single chapter, just because of the uh, economic factor that they would supply to these countries, the political influence that they would exert. And as we cross into the Cold War, where it really becomes this um, bipolar, powerful world of the United States versus the United States uh, before the uh, USSR, um, that rivalry kind of spurns the United States to push that influence more than we've ever seen. Just more than is ever really deemed possible, I feel like, before that. Um, I said they use economics like... They would be involved, the United States would be involved in Latin America economically before that. Uh, they'd be heavily in the trades, they'd be talking to the presidents, they'd be maybe giving advice. But once we get into the Cold War, and even a little bit before it, they're fully almost taking over these countries. I mean, they are backing coups, they're, you know, assassinating different leaders, they're economically taking over entire industries look 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 at the fruit company and things like that i mean this is a turn that is a little bit upsetting obviously for these latin american countries who feel a certain sovereignty obviously to their own nation i mean there's a lot of latin americans and there's a lot of latin american people even to this day who have very strong connections to the united states and and would uh, agree with their kind of domination over them but then there's a huge majority of people who are deeply against their sovereignty being taken over by this foreign power, which kind of goes against everything that the United States has been preaching for hundreds of years. 
and a focal point of this kind of hate, not hatred, you know, you could say hatred, but this kind of rebellious, you know, teenager almost that the United States has created in Cuba, uh, they kind of serve as this focal point of that energy. And by that, I mean, the United States was more interactive with Cuba than potentially any other nation in Latin America. And that kind of makes the United States feel kind of very lackadaisical to them. You know, they feel like they kind of, they, they feel like they did own Cuba for a long period of time, but even afterwards, after they kind of released them into their own sovereignty, they don't really respect that sovereignty ever. And once communism starts becoming an increasingly popular thing, uh, when it works for a considerable amount of time in the USSR, other countries are obviously giving it a shot. And I think most people here know about the Cold War spread of communism and how that terrifies the United States as they see themselves as this beacon of anti-communist energy. But Cuba, uh, famously led by, you know, Fidel, De Ca uh, F Fidel Castro kind of takes over and, you know, his, his conquering of Cuba, I guess, if you could call it that, is, is, sh is shocking to the United States as they, they don't really see it coming. I mean, they're, they're friendly to an extent with Fidel in the beginning, but it's very clearly fake and it's exposed to be fake, obviously, when they try to, uh, assassinate and take over Cuba, uh, assassinate Fidel Castro and take over Cuba many, many times throughout his history. I mean, I think, he he's joked many times um that even though he didn't believe in god clearly god was protecting him from from these master assassins and these masterfully planned you know invasions and and just none of it none of it exactly works and it's obviously upsetting for the united states it it it, it shakes kind of their the united states has an image that they own the americas north south Caribbeans, they own it all. And when Cuba kind of takes this more revolutionary stance against them, it, it, it so angers them that they try so many times to take him down. I mean, the Bay of Pigs invasion, which was this failed invasion orchestrated by Kennedy to kind of take over um, Cuba, is possibly one of the most embarrassing actions by the U.S. Uh, armed forces, probably... I mean, I really can't name another time they were so just deeply embarrassed, perhaps maybe um, how poorly the Vietnam War went, but it, you just cannot compare it to the Bay of Pigs invasion, which just on an international scale was so looked down upon. And, you know, United States kind of likes to have this holier-than-thou attitude to have a failed invasion. It's, it's, it's deeply shaking to the American political um, system. Uh but what's really important is that the fact that Fidel Castro and the Communist Party of Cuba continues. I mean, they did such, um, they were just so confident in their snubbing of the Americas. I mean, the Cuban Missile Crisis was the closest the, the United States and the Soviet Union ever came to going to actual war outside of the cold bickering war. It's, it, it's a terrifying moment for most American people. And if you know anyone or you lived through that time, you know, people thought that this was, this was it. I mean, this is war. And what war meant at that time was the end. I mean, these are two countries who have so much nuclear arms, the world's over if it comes to a hot war. And I think them knowing that also kind of ensures that it never happens.
but it almost happened here. I mean, it got really close. I mean, Cuba really snubbed their nose at the United States and is basically pointing an apocalypse at them. I mean, that is something 50 years before that, Americans could never even comprehend Cuba having such power over them, but they did here. Obviously, it's quickly taken away. I mean, there's the negotiations and the moving of missiles and the Soviet Union kind of is now using Cuba. So their sovereignty is still in question of how much the Soviet Union uses them. Um, but that's a debate back and forth of does Cuba actually have more power here or is the Soviet Union really just uh, using and manipulating Cuba? I mean, Cuba is a very poor, very small country. They needed uh, economic favors, political favors from the Soviet Union. So they kind of had to do whatever they wanted. But I am led to believe that Cuba kind of was either deeply on board with this plan to get back at America, or perhaps even had a significant contribution in coming up with the idea of just putting these missiles here. Um, but I mean, that's the past. And none of it was able to topple the, the Castro regime. Uh, and I say Castro regime because, I mean, after Fidel steps down um, in, in the more recent era, his brother just steps up. So it, it has this feeling of a dynasty and, and a dictatorship and something that maybe will last for uh, a considerable long period of time. But at the same time, you see developments in Cuba that are a little bit um, frightening if you're a, a, a true uh, Cuban communist uh, diehard or radical. Um there's certain things that show that maybe this regime is slipping in the more modern era. I mean, back in the 60s in the Cold War, they have so much backing from so many communist countries. I mean, it was truly a, you know, capitalist versus communist idea, this democracy versus dictatorship and things like that. And there's two sides fighting. In the recent era, it doesn't seem so much like two sides fighting. And one side has deeply died off. I mean, the, after the fall of the Soviet Union and the fall of so many communist countries, the fact that Cuba was able so, to survive for so long was definitely commendable. And I think it showed a lot of people like, hey, maybe this system is decently okay. But their poverty system, their poverty levels were just so high that it seemed unsustainable. And, and that's kind of been proven in the recent eras. I mean, you look at... President Obama and now President Biden reaching out considerably more, opening up trade. Um, and while a lot of people in America will say that is a um, kind of a progressive action by these two presidents, it's more so um, the Cuban government kind of saying, okay, we need a little something be just because they're struggling so much. And it, I mean, China has stepped in greatly and helped them out, but they really do need that extra trade that's just right there. I mean, just from an economic standpoint, it just makes so much sense for Cuba to open up to the United States. I mean, there's they make they they have an, a good amount of production and and it's very cheap to transport from Cuba to the United States, especially in in the southern region. It it just is a little bit obvious, and the more that's been opening up, the more you can kind of see this American influence once again. And the fall of regime comes in. Just recently, just a few months ago, Raul, uh, Fidel's brother, steps down um, from leading the Cuban Communist Party. And his successor is, is obviously a close protege of him. And it, it, it always, always known that this guy was going to be the heir. But it's just not a Castro. And while he is a student of a Castro and he's, 
He's been always been close to the Communist Party. He is significantly less radical as he wasn't there for the revolution. He wasn't there for the fighting. I mean, he was a lot younger during the Cold War. I mean, he's not a young guy, but he's a much younger guy than they've had in a considerable period of time. So he's bringing these more um, new age ideas of maybe a more blended system and opening up and being less so the Cuba that the world has known for over half a century, near a century now. And I think that's something uh, to keep an eye on, and it's very important to watch, because this is this last pillar of the Cold War that's really falling. I mean, the Cold War was an, a, a long time ago. I mean, it's been over 25 years since the fall of the Soviet Union, and I think still a lot of people have this idea that it was rather recent. I mean, if you ask people who grew up, I mean, this was just such a part of their lives growing up that it just felt like something that would never end. And to see it not only end, but all of its influences now falling and, and really going to this new world, I think it is interesting to watch. I think it's also interesting that there's not that much attention on it. I mean, there's a lot of people who don't really know what Cuba's up to now. They kind of just... They, they might think they're still communists. They might think that it changed a while ago. They have no idea that these casters still range power up to this point. But it's important to know. I mean, in a geopolitical sense, Cuba made a name for itself as one of the smallest and a little bit more of an impoverished nation. They made a name for themselves and they made influence. And they were really important in kind of spurning that idea that no matter what country you are, if you're able to use your position right and use your manipulation and influence right, you could really make an impact on history and the geopolitical scale. And I think it's odd that there hasn't been this follow-up because it's important to know. I mean, it, it, it's a big deal. But in in a realer sense, you will probably not hear about this again for a long time. I mean... These transitions from communist to uh, more dem democratic or capitalist or whatever they decide to do take a very long time, and if it even happens at all. I mean, this is all speculation that he will stray a little bit further than the, than the Castros have, but there's no proof of it. They could easily maintain their same position and just continue to stagnate for a long period of time. I find that unlikely from an economic standpoint, but it's possible. But let's say they do transition. It's going to be a slow process because there's no need need. I mean, something like the Soviet Union was a collapse, right? These other countries who are communists had a collapse before the transition. Cuba doesn't seem like they're going to collapse anytime soon. So this transition into a closer relationship with the United States could take another 20, 30, 50 years if they do it in a more stable way, if they just want to maintain a more stable environment, which I think is a good idea, and I think it would be interesting to watch a communist country do that, and seeing what parts of communism they decide to continue to employ, which parts they scrap, which parts they reform. It would be interesting, and I think if you're someone who was interested, and someone who lived through the Cold War, you're interested in what it was like to grow up there, watch Cuba now, because you're getting an insight in how that culture was, how those people lived, um, what the economy was like, whatever facet you want to see of it, you can see it so real, and to see it taken down and kind of observed now from this new eyes and how they're going to continue is something that we've never really had such a good option to see. And I think it's something that um, 
it'll be easy to study. You'll, you'll be able to read the articles. You'll re- be able to hear about it, maybe passing if you watch a little bit more globalist news, you know, but it, it's going to be something that you're going to want to see. And I feel like it's just something I had to come back and talk about. Um, and I say come back because believe it or not, it's been a year since I made one of these. Um, you know, I loved doing it. It was a, it was a great experience, but I just kind of got busy and I fell out of it. And I, and, and just recently I was kind of disappointed in that. So I thought, you know what, let's bring it back. I love to talk about history. I love to talk about how it's affecting us now. I'm a year smarter. I've done more research. I've taken more classes on, on these ideas. And, and, and I, and I would just like to share them with you guys. And, you know, if you like it, you know, let me know, come f- follow me on Twitter or, or let me know on Instagram at Histopoly. It's a distinct name. So I was able to get it basically everywhere. Kind of, kind of a great snag by me. Um, but yeah, just reach out if you have any ideas, you like the episode, leave a review. Uh, let me know where you're watching it, where you're, where you're listening to this. I think that that's an important thing for me to see, hear from you guys and just get a little bit more interaction going. And, you know, thank you guys for welcoming me back and listening to another episode. It's been, it's been great. And I hope to get another one to you soon. I'm hoping to get a schedule down and maybe in the next episode, I'll be able to let you know a little bit more of when each one will be coming out. Um, but yeah, it's been great. Thank you guys so much. And, uh, hey, just, just keep reading the news. All right. I mean, there's, there's, if you're a history person, I think you should be reading the news. That's all I got to say. Um, and, uh, have a great day guys.